This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Blank at FM Evolution, and welcome to episode 21. In this episode, we're talking to Josh Zolan, who is a, well, he's an author, a speaker, and a entrepreneur. And these guys are an amazing company. They're on fire. They just made the Inc. 5000 list recently, and man, they have grown so much. If for you who don't know, if you're an Inc. 5000 company, it means you're one of the fastest growing companies in the country. So I'm excited to have Josh on. We're going to go through some great tips for facility management and equipment. So stay tuned. You're not going to really miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. Did you know that CGP maintenance and construction services are also commercial plumbers? They offer everything from clearing drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They're ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or on the web at cgpconstruction.com. Reach out today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution, and welcome to episode 21. Today, I'm really excited. So we have a really cool guest on. Uh, you know, he's entrepreneur, he's leader, CEO, he's in facility management. We're going to be talking about facility management today, uh, specifically uh, about equipment. But uh, Josh Zolan, man, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. I really, uh, really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I've, I've uh, kind of been perusing through your book. There's a lot of stuff we're going to get to, but my gosh, you, it looks like you, you guys are on fire. Inc. 5000 company, uh, you know. Um, CGP, we just acquired that last year in 2018. So I know what it what it takes. That's that's an amazing thing. Congratulations. Um, yeah, thanks. It's same to you, man. Um, so, but for those who don't know who Windy City is, tell us tell us about you guys. Uh, yeah. So, um, long story short, basically, uh, uh, we repair uh, restaurant equipment, HVAC, refrigeration, uh, yeah. all commercially in the commercial space. I uh, don't do any residential and okay. uh, we're based out here in, in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, sunny, yeah, hot yeah. Phoenix, Arizona <laughs> makes rooftop work. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. You're not kidding. We have an office there, man. I, uh, I love it anytime other than the summer. <laughs> Just say it. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're there. That's a, that's a wonderful place. Actually, it's a great market. It's one of uh, the fastest growing markets in the country. Yeah. Maricopa County is. That's pretty amazing. Uh, so what exactly do you guys do? And then what, what sparked your guys' interest in, in doing this business? Right. So, um, you know, we, we started off just doing the hot side. Uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's what my dad did. He started the company uh, by himself um, oh. back in 2003. And uh, uh, honestly, that's what he was good at. He was a foreman of a bakery back in Chicago, uh, hence the Windy City Equipment. Yeah. Um, but, I was going to uh, ask you about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. And we get that a lot, too. You know, calls from Chicago saying, hey, we're on Dumpster Street. Can you guys make it out today? Uh, no. Not unless you want to pay a ridiculous trip yeah, charge, my friend. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so he started off um, doing it uh, by himself, you know, because yeah. um, it's what he was good at. And, uh, eventually I came on, it was about five years after he started it. It was still just him. And, uh, I came on, I was, 
uh, living in California at the time uh, in the stun industry, you know, getting lit on fire and all yeah. that stuff. I tell people all the time, I, I went from getting lit on fire to putting it out. But yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so, uh, um, but yeah, you know what? I, I got to be honest, you know, uh, equipment repair didn't spark my interest. Uh, yeah. It just, it just didn't, you know, um, I didn't really learn to appreciate it in the manner that, you know, you probably see all over social media um, until I started doing it. Once yeah. I started doing it and recognizing the opportunities within the industry and, and the surrounding industries, mm-hmm. that's when I really began to appreciate it. But I came on to work with my dad because, you know, my passion was uh, being able to build something, you know, yes. like a business, uh, yeah. something big, bigger than myself. And, and I saw the opportunity in that. So, uh, you know, I started at the bottom just like anybody else. You know, I had to learn how to how to turn wrenches and, and yep. be in the trenches and all of that before uh, before I could even think about, you know, running or, or growing the business. And hey, Was your dad, man, was he hard on you like when you were starting? Because you know it's like a family business. You can't be easy, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, – I get that question a lot actually. Yeah. And, and yes, see, he was hard on me. He's He's very old school. So it was very important to him that I wasn't a part of the business unless I knew the business. And the only way for me to know the business is to work in it, you know, and, and, uh, to start at the bottom and work my way up. And, you know, I was accepting of that. You know, I never, I've never been the one to, to want any handouts or anything like that. So I appreciated his, his teaching method. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of how, how it went from day one. (laughs) Well, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty, uh, a pretty amazing story. I love, I love hearing people's start stories. You know, because it's just, it tells you a lot about who they are and, and, and then, you know, kind of getting to where you guys are going and, and what you want to do, you know, so your new generation pretty much, are you t- taking over the business now? Yeah. Yeah. My dad still works in the, in the business. He, uh, he runs like the account payable uh, yeah. department. So we joke that I see the money come in. He see the, sees the money go, go out, out, you know, <laughs> but, uh, very fortunate, you know, I know that, uh, uh, working with family can be a little bit uh, tense sometimes. It's, you know, there's some complex dynamics a lot of times that surround that. But me and my dad, we work really, really well together, uh, mm. you know, and, uh, and we are, we're both still, you know, very integral in the, uh, in the business. That's outstanding. I love getting, I love when families are able to work together and make it work. It's, uh, it doesn't always work out, but that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Well, for you guys, what do you feel like is really the importance or benefit of equipment repair? I mean, I think it's kind of obvious they need the, they need the equipment to kind of work, but I mean, for facility management, you guys are pretty key and there's not a lot of people who do exactly what you do either. Yeah. You know, if you ask me, I mean, I'm a little biased obviously because of yeah. the company that I run, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's everything, man. It's, it's the lifeblood of, uh, of any facility, you know, I mean, you think about it, if the, if the facility itself isn't the right temperature, you know, people aren't going to be in it. Correct. Uh, if the freezers aren't keeping the food cold, you know, there's not going to be any product to sell. And if the, the equipment itself can't cook that food the way that the chef prepares it, then there's nothing for the customers to buy, you know? So it's, it's, you know, and that's speaking obviously a little bit more toward the restaurant uh, yeah. aspect of things, but the, the same rings true for any type of facility. You know, you got those, those three things there that really, uh, really drive everything that, that, that's involved. Do you guys work a lot in restaurants versus like retail or? Uh, 
Yeah, actually, it's uh, restaurants are probably 90% of our business. Yeah. You know, and we do a lot sure. of like uh, uh, nursing homes and things like that, too. Right. Um, you know, and, and uh, uh, some other facilities like retail. Yep. Uh, but, but the majority is definitely restaurants. And I think that's probably because of, you know, how we started the niche that we started in mm. and then just kind of expanded on that. That makes sense. Yeah. We've, uh, we've been doing kind of the same thing. We've, we've learned, ex- we've done a lot of, we do a lot of restaurants and expanding into retail and that whole market is quite different. Yeah. That's, that's, it's, they're in such a change of state right now. Yeah. Um, you know, from stores closing to Amazon growing to, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. There's this huge push now, right. For actual, for actually to get food service in, into retail. You, you heard all about that. I'm sure. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy thing. What, um, what is you, I mean, as you're growing this company and you're going through and you're providing services to facility managers, what do you feel is like some of your biggest challenges that you've faced? Yeah. Um, so because it's business to business, uh, yeah. everything has a stigma attached to it, right? It's, it's a question. It's what's my ROI. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> so it's not like we're, we're, we're marketing directly to consumers and you know, their ROI is how comfortable they are. No, this, this has budgets and, and deadlines attached to it and mm-hmm. in, in just about everything that we do. So, you know, pricing has always been a challenge. Um, you know, just because of uh, the transparency, obviously that's out yeah. there now. Yeah. Uh, but, the way to combat that, uh, I think, is the relationship, um, which coincidentally, the relationship is challenge number two, right? Especially if you're a, a, a quickly growing company yes. and, uh, you know, it was a lot easier for us to maintain the, the best relationships that we had when it was just me and my dad. And, you know, we were in there shaking hands, rubbing elbows, you know, that kind of thing. And then the growth hits and, and, you know, suddenly these relationships are seeing other technicians other come people, in. Oh yeah. Other, other people. Yes, exactly. They're dealing with other people on the phone, you know, yep. when they're used to dealing with us. And so I think for any business and in any industry that, that maintaining the relationship through the growth is one of the biggest challenges, uh, you know, and that's when you have to, to really fine tune, I guess you could say the, uh, uh, the morals, the principles of, yeah. of your company to, to mimic, what got you to that point, you know, that, so ev- everybody challenge, right? As yeah. you know, you've got to get that message out there and you got to just pound it into their heads. Everyone has to have the same culture, the same understanding, the same language, the same, right. And that's not always the, the easiest thing to do. No, absolutely. Cause everybody comes with their own, you know, their own values, their own principles. Yeah. And, and you have to mold that to one common principle, you know, and at the end of the day too, it's, it's important to remember that, you know, business to business, business to consumer, whatever it is, it's still people to people, you know, and, and so you just have to, to play to the relationship and play to the, the personalities, um, you know, to, to really maintain that. I think that's super relevant. I, I mean, I've, I've asked this question to, uh, to most people that come on the show because I, I want to understand what the challenges they, they kind of face in facility management specifically. You know, I hear everything from logistics to staffing to, but the growth and the relationship component is super relevant. And I, I feel that pain. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely something that is, um, I think everyone can struggle with and, yeah. and can relate and, to. And you're in business development, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, you know all know about it. I mean, that's, that's your like. business is relationships. That's right. Yeah. We yeah. have like, we develop those and all these strategic partnerships and, and then you have people who you have to hand off to. It's like your little baby, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you nurtured it and now here you go, hand it off, take care of it. You know, <laughs> well, you're going to have to, it's, it's part yeah. of that. They have to know um, that they have all these people to support them. Yeah, and they're there, and and you have to as leaders, you have to like delegate that out and let them do it, and trust them, and know that that the stuff you're doing to train them is is going to pay off. Yeah, absolutely, that's really cool. What are your thoughts um, now? I talked a little bit of this about this earlier, and I know you talked a little bit with with Count, but the predictive versus preventative versus reactive maintenance, right? <laughs> we're in a business of reactive clearly that is a case for a lot of stuff we do but you can talk a little bit about that it'd be great yeah yeah so all right so uh i don't know what other answers you've gotten to this but um honestly i think the first two that you mentioned are a fairy tale yeah right? and, okay. and let me let me so explain that's good <laughs> yeah 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 so so you know predictive and preventative i mean they can almost be considered the same thing um but it's it's much better if we if we instead refer to it as planned maintenance um, to avoid that that stigma that there's any kind of a guarantee. You know, you're asking somebody to to go into their closet and predict or prevent their their light bulb from going out. You know, the same rings true for equipment, whether it's rooftop units or or in the kitchen. You know, you can do any anything and everything possible to maintain it, right? Um, and, and plan for it, but there's no way to really predict or prevent it from happening. Um, especially after a certain point, you know, our, our job in planned maintenance is, uh, just to, to keep it running optimally. So it reduces the chances of anything like that happening. Uh, but there's, but you know, it's hard to explain that, uh, to some people because these terms get thrown around quite a bit, you know, and actually I got to give a shout out to, uh, my buddy in Jersey, Rich Malachy, you know, oh, for, hear it. for uh, uh, introducing me to that term, plan maintenance, because everything that I did was always preventative maintenance, preventative maintenance, you know, and then one conversation with him and he was like, yeah, you should call it plan maintenance. So I, was plan like, maintenance. I should call it plan I should, maintenance. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then, and then, you know, the third point, reactive maintenance, to me, reactive maintenance is, it's an oxymoron, right? It's, you know, you're either, you're either planning for something or you're reacting to it. You can't, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, reactively maintain. So it's, uh, and, and that's really all it is, is it's just, you're, you're failing to, to take the proper steps to, uh, to maintain a piece of equipment. And then now all of a sudden you're, you're reacting to it, which is the majority of, uh, you know, of what we do here uh, is, is reacting to, to that service. Have you had much success working with FMs on getting planned maintenance in place? Like it seems to be a challenge. <laughs> Yes and no. You know what? It's here. Here's the funny thing is, yeah. When it comes to HVAC, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows that you need you need to maintain it. Um, You know, but people don't think so much about, uh, especially like the hot side, the the food service equipment. Not many people think to maintain stuff like that. But just like the the rooftop units and the and the refrigeration units and everything else, you know, it's still dependent on airflow. It's still dependent on you know uh, everything that's needed you know, for it to function and, and that can be properly maintained and cleaned and, and everything else. So, you know, in that sense, it's a struggle. The second sense it's a struggle in is that 
I'm finding right now, and this isn't to put any company out there down, uh, but the companies, you know, will know who they are that I'm talking about. Okay. Um, (laughs) And it's that, you know, planned maintenance has become almost something that is given away. All right. Mm. It's, it's, you know, so, so the price is being driven down further and further and further. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it creates a challenge for companies, uh, you know, like mine that, um, you know, send professional, professionally trained people up there that cost an arm and a leg. I mean, I don't don't have to tell you how much technicians cost and they're worth every penny. They really are. are. But how am I supposed to justify, you know, uh, not making any kind of a profit on, on a planned maintenance like that. Because then that's when you get into the, oh, well, uh, you know, make sure you quote out this many things on, on a rooftop or on a, on a planned maintenance. It would just take forever. I mean, it can, you're going through all these two pieces of equipment. Absolutely. It takes forever. And then you, and then you almost, you worry because you know, you're, you're growing, you're bringing on new people. You don't know these people. Trust is earned. Right. And you don't want any of your people quoting out things that don't need to be quoted out. Exactly. You know, and that's a risk that you run. So in in my eyes, you know, it, it should be very simple. This is how many guys it's going to take. This is how long it's going to take, you know, and we'll put a time limit on it for how long they can spend on each piece. These are the requirements. This is your cost. You know, I, I don't want to get into playing the game too much of, you know, oh, I'll only charge you 50 bucks for this PM that's going to take 17 hours to do, um, you know, and, and because I, I want some of your reactive service. Right. You know? So it's that becomes a trade off, right? You're this is what I'm seeing as well. Like, I totally get what you're saying is that a lot of FMs and, and want to have this type of service so that. I mean, let's be honest. Some of these guys have 80, 100 plus stores in their market. They can't see every single store. So they right. need good partners for this. And I get that. And, I, and we want to be those partners. Of course, you want to be those partners. But you want to be able to afford, you know, to charge up the right rate and cover all your expenses with the guy doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's their trade-off. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, I don't know, it's kind of out of right field, but or left field, actually, <laughs> uh, whatever field you're in, uh, <laughs> is the I see a trend right now where people aren't willing or not wanting to pay for travel. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, you know, I see that from time to time. Uh, there's a, a, you know, this new, I want to call it a gimmick, uh, you know, going around that, uh, oh, you know what, we don't charge service fees or, or we don't charge travel fees. Exactly. You know, and and it's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, it is I, all smoke and mirrors. It sounds it sounds like I can I can kind of be honest with you about this. And yeah, you know, it's it really it really is. I mean, if if you think that a service company isn't making up that time or or those dollars somewhere else, I mean, it's just you know, at what point does uh, do you draw the line between honesty and savings? You know, and yeah. and you know, so that's that's the way I see it. Look, I'm very simple. You know, you've got a flat service fee and a flat hourly rate. You know, it covers our, our time, covers our overhead, covers, you know, wages. Yeah. That's, that's what you pay. That's business. We do good, honest work and, and, you know, that's, that's what it is. But it, I have seen, seen that come uh, a little bit more to light these days is, is little things like that, you know, and it doesn't end there. There's, there's companies that do a similar thing like, oh, we don't charge shipping on anything, uh, any parts or, 
you know, or again, plan maintenance, you know, we'll, right. we'll give you that for 50 bucks, uh, or, or we'll do your plan maintenance for free. That's my favorite. You know, we'll That's do such a, to me is such a, it's such a disservice in the end to the client. Honestly, it really is. It really is because it sets a standard for everyone else say, Hey, well, this guy said he'll do it for free. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really, really hard makes it hard for anybody else to win that bid, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm back on this travel thing. Like I keep, I see this as a larger trend and I see it where a lot of the national chains for whatever reason now are going, okay, we only want to pay for the very time that you guys get on site to the, when you're done. I get that. That's when you're doing work, but we're, we're paying a guy to travel all the time. Like there's, costs associated to that and we're not we're not a we don't have these rates are that are crazy so but you know maybe that's what what it has to to happen i don't get it but i don't think that that's fair i don't think that's fair to them or us right i don't think that's serving them well well that's where the relationship comes into play right where where you can sit down you know face to face and say this is what we charge and this is why we charge it you know um and and that's and that's it and i've always said that uh the best way to maintain any relationship and the best way to get value from any relationship is to align values is, is to align your objectives, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's it. If, if both sides look, the beauty of business to business, right. Is that everybody sitting across the table knows that the other one has to make a profit. Okay. Sometimes we run into, yeah, Yeah. we run into circumstances where they try to dictate, you know, how much profit you're going to make or whatever it may be. But again, People to people just takes a conversation. And look, if, if your objectives don't align, then get a different company. Then, you know, exactly. I mean, and, and that's just it. You know, uh, everybody's got to win to do good business. Exactly. Communication is so key. And, it, and I think it's a big part of those relationships. We talked about a little bit about good communication with you guys. How does, for Windy City, what do you guys do to kind of improve that communication with your team? Yeah. Uh, so we use, um, we use an internal company communication software, which oh, has cool. helped tremendously. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's Slack. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, we're finding that especially in a business like this, where, you know, half of our staff is uh, out on the street in the field every day, Always. you know, to keep that communication intact, it takes a, a centralized location. So, you know, in, in this program, they can communicate with one person, they can communicate with entire departments, the entire company if they want to, you know, and collaborate on the things that they're seeing and doing out there. Um, you know, and then you have to get creative with it and leverage uh, the day and age that we're in, the technology that, that's available to us. We're, we're, we just implemented a, a new service at the beginning of this year called XOI. Okay. And um, it's, a, it's basically visual communication. Every single work order, a technician is to take a before and after video of what nice. they're doing and explain what they found, you know, or why they're quoting something out. And then it's generated into a link and that link is then available on the work order that the customer gets emailed. So awesome. every single work order, they have a link they can share with their bosses or, you know, whoever they want that has a video of exactly what the tech saw and heard on site. So it's those types of things that, that really, you know, keep that communication close. That's a huge, huge value of ours here at, at WCE is communication. And um, I think it's probably one of the biggest struggles of anybody in this industry. It's absolutely everyone's struggle. Hands down, I love love your forward thinking on on the link. I mean, what what's been the response? Have people have been really excited about seeing that, or 
Fantastic. You know, yeah. mo- I should say 98%, you know, 98% of people absolutely love it. But yeah, you know, there's, there's always, uh, I mean, we had one guy like, why do you keep sending me links? Just send me a note. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> okay. you the, really want just a note, but uh, there's notes there too. So, yeah, you know, but, uh, um, either way, you know, it, it's better. It, and it takes, uh, it, I think it takes a lot of the, uh, uh, perceptions, you know, that have uh, uh, evolved in this industry out of the equation too, because now you're not relying on written word. You're actually seeing, you know, yeah. exactly, exactly why you're being quoted on something or, or, I think you know, that being is charged. That's a really, really cool idea, man. I might steal it from you. Yeah. Please, by all means, if you <laughs> want me to make the contact, so cool. man, just let me know. <laughs> I'll okay. Put you in we'll touch. talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. I mean, um, I, I know I brought up the Inc. 5000. Um, that was one of my personal goals. I'm I'm so glad to see you guys have made it. What was it like when you found out that you made the when you made the list? <laughs> uh, I thought it was a joke, man. I uh, <laughs> you like I did. Well, you know, when I got the email to uh, to apply or whatever it was, yep. uh, I thought it was just spam. But you know, after a couple more clicks, which don't tell anyone, I clicked on something I thought was spam. Right. But uh, <laughs> but no, you know. Once we got word that we actually made the list, it was kind of an eye opener. You know, we knew we were growing quickly. Yeah. Um, but once once we made that list and we were number fourteen twenty nine, I believe. That's awesome. Um yeah, and that was that was last year, so fingers crossed for this year. But Keep uh pushing, yeah. Yeah. But it was you know, it was cool. It was almost like and and you know the the best part about the whole thing was being able to share it with our our forty employees, you know. Yeah. And everybody here it was just such a, a thrill to be able to say, Hey, guess what, everyone, we are number 1429 on the 5,000 fastest growing companies in America. That's, that's because of all you guys. I you don't know. know. I'm not sure that uh, people really under, understand how big a deal that is. Yeah. It's huge. You know, it's, it's huge. a huge deal. When you when you're competing with, I don't know, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of companies are growing in this country and to be a, a part of the top 5,000 that are yeah. just, making it happen. That's just, yeah. it's crazy. I actually have one, one of my blog posts, I think it's on the Windy City page, uh, breaks down the percentages, something like that. It's uh, anybody who made, makes the Inc. 5000 list is still in like the 0.00001 percentile or something <laughs> that, like that. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it, and it's such an honor. Crazy. It's it's such an honor, you know? Yeah, it is such an honor. Man. Well, that's really exciting. Um, what do you think? I wanted to kind of go through and just part of the FM evolution is obviously we focus on innovation and trends, but also I want to be able to give facility managers tools um, to help them with their job for you guys. What would be the top three things that you would advise FMs on? Like, what would you say? You're like, you're <laughs> <laughs> right. so, well, <clears throat> Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked this question because I like answering it. Good. Um, so it, the first one is, is what I said earlier, align objectives. Okay. And when, when I say this, I mean, you actually need to sit down, you know, with, uh, with your vendors, uh, in whatever trade, uh, whatever trades you use and make sure that you are both working toward the same thing. And I have found that that, if you can do that, those are our best relationships. I have some facility managers that literally they'll, they'll run around RIFMA saying that we are the best company in the whole world and everybody should be using us. Love and, that. It's because, and it's because we, we make an effort to align our objectives. Okay. Uh, you know, if your objective is to save 4% this year on R&M across your 50 locations, how can we help? Because, you know, we're, we're in it for the marathon, not the sprint. You know, I know you've heard that before. Absolutely. And, 
And it's true. And I, I think that it could, it's mutually beneficial. Um, you know, the other piece of advice is kind of blanketed and, and talked about a lot, but it's beware of the band aid. You know, uh, I know everyone's working with budgets and deadlines. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stuff like that. But part of, part of your job, right. As a facility manager is to, uh, inform the the people, you know, the powers that be, if you will, yeah. uh, how how this could be a problem in the future. You know, I know that they're setting budgets and, and things like that, but, uh, you know, everything boils down to cost at one point or another. You know, pay me now or pay me later. Yep. It's it, one way know. or another, you're getting it. Exactly. And then the other thing, you know, if there was one more thing I could say, uh, I've, I know a lot of facility managers and I know how hard they work. Uh, yes, absolutely. And, I mean, actually, it's, it's almost unbelievable. And so I would just say, don't, don't trade time for happiness. Um, and what I mean by that is that, look, you're, you're stretched really thin. I I know you are almost every facility manager out there is. So delegation is important. And if you can partner with a vendor that you trust and that you can delegate things to all the better, you know, I try to, I try to facilitate, uh, you know, my company in a manner that, look, if there's something else I can do for you above and beyond the scope of what yeah. we offer, let us know. Let me know. If I can make a connection, if I can relay information, if there's anything that, you know, I can do, I, I even, I've got facility managers that send me quotes from across the country from a new vendor that they decided to use. Yeah. Exactly. Just to That's say, awesome. hey, can, can you review this for me and tell me if this is fair? And, you know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but, you know, I'm honest about it and they appreciate it. So, so don't trade time for happiness. Find somebody that you can partner with, find somebody who you can trust enough to take that weight off your shoulders. In, in my eyes, that's, that's what we're here for. You know, I totally agree. I mean, there is a, a someone I follow is a Jay Bear. And one of the things he keeps bringing up is becoming that utility as in YOU, right? So being that resource for them that, and I always say to these guys, I'm like, let me be your eyes and ears. I'll send guys out. We'll go take a look. We're, we're in the area. I have guys everywhere. Just get it. Let us know what you need. I'll help. I'll go myself. I'm fine with that. You know, if it's about connecting that DM that needs help or that the general manager or whatever it is, you got something needs to take a look at, just get some eyes on it. Cool. Because we want to be good partners with these guys. And I think you're absolutely hundred percent correct. They absolutely need to delegate. And if they can do that with a good partner, then they win. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Well, I'm really excited to have you on, man. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wrap up with something. Uh, you have this quote that I love. It says, uh, if you're not strong enough to tell the truth, you're not strong enough to succeed. Yes. Tell me more about that. That's such a great quote. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Oh, I'll follow it up with another quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say, if you do what's hard, life will be easy. But if you do what's easy, life will be hard. And what I mean by that is that I've, I've got strong personal values. Honesty is one of them. Um, and truth be told, it's sometimes it's easier to lie, right? Than yeah. it is to tell the truth sure. because, and it's not always for, it's not always detrimental. It's not with the, the worst of intentions in mind. Sometimes you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Sometimes you, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed about something or you don't want to forsake an opportunity that you, you know, that's in front of you. Yep. But success to me is 
overcoming those things in the pursuit of virtue, you know, yep. to, to live fully is to conquer oneself is what wow. I like to say. That's awesome. And so, you know, it may not be the same for everybody, but as far as I'm concerned, part of my success is being able to tell the truth in any situation and then navigate through that. If I screw something up, own I want to tell you, I want to tell you I did, I want to yeah. own it and I, and I want to rectify it. And because yeah. to me that, that makes me a stronger person. Well, that's really amazing. Now, I will follow up with, I want, I want people to be able to find you. So we'll, I want to ask you how, they, how the best, best way for them to find you is. But I see in the background there, cover of your book there. I oh, want to yeah. talk about that a little bit. In fact, we're gonna do, I want to bring you on for another episode because there's so much to cover on that thing. But what's the title of the book? Uh, book is called Blue is the New White, The Best Path to Success That No One Told You About Until Now. That's awesome, man. How people find it? Uh, it's all over Amazon. Uh, I got uh, ebook, paperback, hardcover, all available on Amazon. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to have you back to go through that because that's that's amazing. I love anytime someone, especially in our industry of in facility management uh, and dealing with this, has a book. I, I, there's not that many of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. We need good resources for this industry. Everyone works so very, very hard. And having that that knowledge and being able to share it is an amazing thing. So how do people find Windy City? What's what's the best way for them to connect with you guys? Sure. So uh, basically, we're at Windy City Equipment or at Windy City AZ everywhere. That's, you know, Twitter, YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, you know, and then at Josh Zolan uh, for me, same thing, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, of course. LinkedIn's kind of, you know, that's, that's my mainstay. But yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, we're all over, man. Just keep your eyes open. Well, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I'm, I'm stoked to have you on. Thank you. Can't wait to have you on for our next episode. We're going to cover that book of yours. Really looking forward to it, Sean. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you.